You're now listening to episode 89 of the Real Estate CPA Podcast. Your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here, we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey everybody, Thomas Castelli here with Brandon Hall and the whole entire Summit team. Uh, in today's episode of the Real Estate CPA Podcast, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be going over a review of the Tax and Legal Summit that just passed this past weekend. And if you had a chance to join us and you were there, thanks so much for attending. A lot of, uh, and thank you to all the speakers who came on and took a part of their weekend uh, to come on and present for all the attendees. A lot of hard-hitting tax and legal strategies were discussed. So if you hadn't had a chance to come, I implore you to uh, check out the Tax and Legal Summit next year. It's definitely something you don't want to miss. Um, we're going to be doing even bigger and better next year. And uh, we'll be back next week with our regular scheduled programming. And uh, we'll see you then. Uh, so, so we're going to start with uh, raffling off the, the, Apple, the Apple Watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's actually, there's, oh, we've got a couple more people here. Oh, Leonard Raskin. Awesome. Hey, Leonard. <laughs> this is our first like actual... I mean, Tom did one the other day, but this is our first like legit Facebook live. So we're just going to be two awkward dudes sitting here looking at everybody <laughs> come, come <laughs> into the Facebook live. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, well, yeah, let, let's go ahead. So I guess what we want to do, are we recording on, yeah. on Zoom? Okay, cool. Uh, what we want to do is hit the Apple Watch drawing first, and then we're going to go through some standout speakers, what we learned and some ideas that we have for next year. So ideas for next year, go ahead and start thinking about some ideas for next year because we're gonna talk about it on the podcast and we are recording the podcast right now, um, but we're gonna talk about it and if you guys like chat some ideas for us, we'll, we'll uh, throw that into the podcast too. So this should be pretty cool. So we'll start with the Apple Watch drawing. Now I have this extremely high tech way of figuring out who's going to win, right? So got my laptop on the, on the left. Is that the left for you? This is the right for me. On the left, <laughs> on the left-hand side, you're going to see initials. Uh, I try to give this, this site as very little data as possible, obviously. So I just put some initials. It matches to a spreadsheet that I have. So what we're going to do, we're just going to hit this pick random name. And now we're populating. There we go. Oh wait, who won? Sorry, I gotta scroll down. Oh, the winner is LG. Congratulations, LG. Now let's go figure out who LG is. One second. LG, LG, LG. I don't even know if I have an LG. How is that possible? Oh wait, here we go. Lena, I'm going to butcher your last name, Lena. Lena Grajewski. Congratulations, you won an Apple Watch. You need to email us or we'll, our team will email you and get some mailing details. Uh, that's an Apple Watch 5, the newest one. So good stuff. Good stuff, Lena. And thanks for everybody. By the way, the Apple Watch drawing, um, to, to enter that, you had to share my original LinkedIn post announcing the Tax and Legal Summit. So thank you to everybody that did. We had about 36 people do it. 
Uh, really appreciate, really appreciate you guys helping us out with that. So thank you so much. And Lena, we will be connecting with you. Uh, Leonard says, Hey guys, great job. Thank you so much, Leonard. We appreciate you being a part of the summit uh, in a speaker capacity and a participant capacity. And this is a really fun, fun thing to do to put together, but let's get started, man. Let's, let's talk about this. So who, who are your standout speakers? My standout speakers, we had Matt Rappaport. Uh, he spoke on drop and swaps, which is a 1031 exchange, exchange technique uh, where you would uh, drop the property out of the partnership so you and your partners can go your se- into a tick interest, right? So you and your partners can go your separate ways, whether you want, well, some people might want to do a 1031 exchange, others may want to just pay their taxes and move on. Uh, so that was an excellent uh an excellent presentation. I felt that Matt really brought the heat as always <laughs> and uh, definitely recommend it. If you, if you uh, were at the Tax and Legal Summit, definitely recommend checking that out. Matt blew my mind. And I, I, I don't know how many of you guys actually went to, to that presentation, but man, that, that, anytime that Matt is on anything, it just, it's, it's mind blowing. That guy is so, so freaking smart. Um, yeah, we had him on the podcast, had him, had him here, and it, it's just really good stuff. I'm going to have to go rewatch his, his, his presentation probably like 15 times to really grasp the entirety of it. But, uh, but yeah, mine, uh, Christina, the, uh, it's like kind of this thing. Yeah, man, I, just want, and, I don't want it to fall down. The iPad's kind of losing its uh, stability here. So. And, and, before, and before we forget, Matt, uh, for everybody who's listening here on the podcast uh, who didn't attend the summit, we do have a podcast with Matt Rappaport. Um, so just go ahead and check that out. We'll see if we can get you the, the episode number at some point. But just just if you want to check them out, you can check them out on the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. Matt's a good guy. Good guy. And, and, and Matt, if you ever if you ever listen to this podcast, uh, we appreciate you coming out. My my standout speak. My first standout speaker was Dan Hanford. Uh, second keynote uh, set Sunday morning, eight a.m. And he kind of walked through his story of being a chiropractor, building a chiropractor business. Uh, kind of to the point where he could scale out of it. And I mean, that's everybody's dream, right? To get to the point where you can run a business, but not have to actively participate on an ongoing basis. But then he moved to real estate and he's got the really cool strategy of being a real estate professional, taking all of his losses from real estate and offsetting his business income uh, from the chiropractor business because he's, he's working more in real estate than he is in the chiropractor business. So I thought that was, that was really cool to hear. And then he also talked about the no being the most important thing. Um, I think it was trust, no, what was it? No, uh, no like and trust. No like and trust. And he said no is the most important thing. You really have to know um, the people. You got to know what you're getting involved with. And I thought that, that was a great stint, uh, a, a great part of his presentation. Yeah, and kind of just to add on to that same point, Dan, Dan was also about, about getting around the right people. And when you get around the right people, you get around people who are smarter than you, doing bigger and better things than you, they will naturally elevate you. Uh, people always say you're you're the combination of the five people you hang around them with most. So if you want to get elevated, then you have to go hang around uh, people who are already doing bigger and better things and add value to their lives. And then they'll start to know, like, and trust you. Um, and uh, that was just one of the key takeaways that I had uh, from the presentation with Dan. Yeah, my second standout speaker was Nate Hare. Uh, he did a a whole tax conversation on retirement accounts. So he went all the way through SDIRAs, Roth and traditional IRAs. And he talked a lot about conversions, but but our team, we were sitting there like, man, these are really good examples. The, the examples that he gave, when he especially when he was going through the conversions, which can be pretty tricky, um, it was just very clear, very, very good, very down-to-earth examples. 
um, you could kind of put yourself in, in his, in, in the shoes of the people in his example. So we thought that was really cool. We also decided we need to get Nate on the real estate CPA podcast. So look for that episode to come out here within the next few weeks or so. Yeah, and then I had uh, Leonard Raskin as, as one, of the, um, one of the standout speakers. He really took, you know, we always hear about the infinite banking concept, this big sexy concept everybody talks about on podcasts, but really hard to understand and, and, who, and who it makes sense for and when to use it. And I think that Leonard Raskin did a great job uh, going and uh, presenting and breaking that down, making a, a complex topic pretty clear for everybody. Uh, so if you're here, if you didn't get a chance to check out that presentation, and uh, you did come to the Tax and Legal Summit, uh, go ahead and check that out. Highly recommend it. Absolutely. My, my third standout speaker was Christina. She, she's actually an employee here at the Real Estate CPA. Um, and she crushed it. She crushed it. I was blown away by her presentation. Uh, I didn't get to record or review it or anything beforehand. So it really, really blew me away. But loved the, the so, so she kind of went through some best practices on the accounting. Um, she talked about what you need to be focused on inside your books, right? So once we're all set up, what do we need to be focused on on an ongoing basis? And you want to you want to use the cash accounting method. That's a mistake that we often see folks use. Or sometimes they'll just print off a report. It'll be an accrual basis report, but it kind of messes things up. Um, so cash accounting, you want to track all your classes, and and that's how you track it by rental property. It's called class tracking. Then you want to create bank rules to get some automation going, so that you don't have to manually uh, do do anything. Hopefully, hopefully you can automate as much as possible. And she talked about the three key reports, and those are the balance sheets, the profit and loss statement, and the cash flow statement. And I know that she fielded quite a few Q and A on the three key reports there. So she did a really good job. Yeah, and then my third standout speaker was Kim Lisa Taylor. Um, Kim Lisa Taylor came on and spoke about raising capital legally. And she dropped a lot of gems on funds of funds and really cleared that up. I know there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, who are doing like six people, 12 people in a general partnership, and they're all trying to raise money. And I thought the, the way she broke that up with, uh, and then explained the fund of funds where you actually come in as a capital group and invest as a capital group in, um, in a syndication. I think it's, uh, it was a very, it opened up the eyes for me. I always thought I kind of had the lines blurred between those two strategies, and uh, she really brought the brought the heat with that. And uh, her book, her book she has is excellent. Uh, raise how to raise capital legally. If you're trying to raise capital, definitely recommend picking it up because again, you do not want to end up in jail. You don't want to end up like Bernie Sanders. And you know, I know Bernie <laughs> Sanders. I mean, Bernie Madoff. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I meant Bernie Madoff. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm a victim. Sometimes I become a prisoner of the moment, and uh, you know it happens. But I meant, I meant Bernie. Madoff. Oh, this is bad, man. No, we gotta get this guy out of here. No, the nice thing is that we can edit the podcast. Nobody but you, nineteen. All right, crap, man. We got this is gonna sit here. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I really meant Bernie Madoff. You know, you know the guy who, you know the guy who I'm talking about, the guy who uh, basically the Ponzi scheme guy. Come on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Oh man, that's bad. Oh Tom. All right. Yeah, no, um, I apologize. I let's recollect. Let's recollect ourselves. Look, we're gaining viewers, dude. People yeah. are laughing. <laughs> People are seeing this this comedic show here. We're gaining viewers. This is great. All right. Um uh Tom, you know, I, I think my number one standout speaker was you. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get a chance. I'm honored. I didn't get a chance to see yours, <laughs> but I will, I, will, I will be watching that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't you do like a hit by the bus scenario or something? <laughs> Wasn't that what he did? Uh, no. Um, 
I think fall and break your neck. Fall and break your neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, yeah. yeah, great. <laughs> feel Val says feel the burn. Awesome, awesome. All right, all right. Let's get back to the podcast. We're gonna have to cut like all that from this podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is I'm gonna. Sorry. The good news is that this is an exclusive group, so you guys get to see behind the scenes, and that's sometimes that stuff happens. Yeah, Felipe, when you're editing this, by the way, he's our editor. You're gonna have to cut that part. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was one one time on one of our podcasts uh, we were talking about real estate professional status, and we it didn't make the final cut. Um, but, but Tom basically was like, yeah, you know, I, I just need a real estate agent as a, as a wife. And if there's anybody out there that <laughs> I just died, that was great. It was great. Anyway. All right. We're going to keep cutting this Felipe. Um, uh, okay. So, um, so what we learned, what we learned, Tom is amazing. Is what Craig says, and you're good. Thank you're you, good. man. I really Craig, appreciate that. Craig, you, you woke up at like 5 a.m., right? You're, you're on the, the West coast. I don't, somebody in one of my sessions was like, I woke up at 5 a.m., but this is awesome. So. I thought that was you, Craig, but if it wasn't, uh, congratulations to you anyway. Uh, Tom should do stand-up. Taylor's in. All right, nice. Um, okay, cool. So what we learned, uh, for me, what, what I think something that I learned um, is just to prepare for some tech issues. It was funny, you know, we, we were so nervous about the tech issues leading up to this event, and Saturday was so easy. Everything worked perfectly, and then today, for whatever reason, you know, we couldn't get the legal room up and running. It, it, that took a that took 15 minutes or so, and then my mic, um, like, just died during the middle. Like, it distorted my voice. is is really weird. Uh, so we had to switch to a webcam mic. But yeah, it just had some some weird tech issues. Uh, that and just I think it's just something you got to prepare for. So maybe next year we'll have multiple mics uh, that we can multiple nice mics that we can just you know oh, plug yeah. back oh, in. Yeah. yeah. Well, something you learned. Uh, something I learned. Uh, always begin with the end in mind is something that Dan Hanford actually said in his in his speech. Because um, uh, when you begin with the end in mind, you can really uh, plan stuff out to be in a certain way to achieve what, you, what your goals are. So if anybody listened to Dan's uh, speech um, and you heard what he did, he, you know, like Brandon said before, he built a business, exited, and now he's using the real estate professional status to wipe out his income from his other businesses. And if you if you uh, if you begin with the end in mind, you can strategically plan that out. Now, I thought that was just I thought that was huge. That was one of the key takeaways. Uh, and John John says, Tom, don't cut that comment out. <laughs> Which comment? The one about feel the burn, man. Oh, the oh. Bernie Sanders. Oh yeah. No, tell you was. what, John. Tell you what, John. Uh, we'll we'll keep it in. We'll keep it in the podcast as long as if anybody flames us on social media, you dive in there and defend us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the requirement. <laughs> All right. Um, so something that I learned was the so deferred sales trust. Greg Reese talked about deferred sales trust. Just what I learned was that the actual threshold for when it becomes feasible is a $250,000 capital gain. Uh, so that was cool. It's it cool to actually have a number to keep in mind before you actually pull the trigger on anything like that. All right. Then my second key takeaway was the fund the funds model. Again, uh, you know, uh, that was a part of uh, the, the legal aspect of syndication that was kind of confusing to me. And I was wondering how people always got away with that. If uh, you know, how, how people always got away with, I mean, not get away with it, but how people always made that happen. We were able to raise money for other funds and uh, with, you know, the entire, with the entire thing of not having too many GPs, but in reality, you're just raising a fund with the explicit intent to go invest in other funds. And you can actually do that all very legally and uh, she was the first person after speaking to many attorneys to actually clear that up. So uh, that was a key, key takeaway for me. Nice, nice. And the last one for me was with the 1031 exchange, you can actually do a construction 1031 exchange. So Bill Exeter was talking about 1031s. 
And uh, it was really cool. One of the, one of the Q and A's was if I buy a lot of land, it, like a lot, not a ton, but if I buy a lot, a plat, and I want to build a property on top of that, can I still roll with a 1031 exchange? And the answer was yes. But what happened is you would buy the plot of land. The QI would hold back your funds. Um, I believe the QI would hold back the funds. I guess I have to go back and, and look at that presentation. But you have to spend your whatever that amount was that you had to roll over via a normal 1031 exchange. You have to spend that by the end of that 180-day period. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, really cool tidbit there that Bill gave away. Oh, the, the improvement exchanges? Yeah, the improvement exchanges. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then the, the third takeaway I had was uh, from Matt Rappaport. Um, you know, we got into a battle with another attorney uh, in, in the past about this, but Matt Rappaport came with the heat, and uh, he, he let us know that sponsor, when you're doing a drop and swap, it's the, the problem is when you're doing a drop and swap, you have a tendency in common interest. You don't have a partnership, and that creates some issues with um, – the revenue proclamation, I think it's 2002-22, if I recall correctly. And uh, it says that sponsors can't be paid off the net income of the property, which is a problem when you're trying to uh, do a promote or, you know, carried interest, which is how typical uh, syndications and funds are structured. But they can be compensated as a property manager based off the gross income, the gross rental income of the property. And they could also be paid a fixed fee for managing your LLC, mm. but they can't be paid off the net income. And uh, again, you know, that was such a dense presentation in a good way. And I mean that in a very good way uh, that we're going to have to go back and rewatch it to get all the nitty gritty details out of there. But uh, it, that was, that was just super key for me. Yeah. We've actually had to go to war a few times on, on that particular topic itself. A lot of people think that they can set up really unique creative structures to, uh, take a a uh, a split of the profits at the end of the day, like um, like most sponsors would normally do. But when you're running that sort of a tick structure, you cannot do that. It has to be on the gross income, so you have to look at property management fees and different things like that. Um, but it's it's always it's always nice to hear Matt talk on it because he's very authoritative and very confident, and he just blows your mind. Like I was saying at the beginning of this with all of his information that he, that he's, he's just rattling off. It's crazy. It's and, crazy. And just to follow up on that before, before we move on, it, it just, you know, when you're dealing with taxes, when you're dealing with the, the law, it, the law does not care what you think or how you think should think should be. The law is the law and not, the law doesn't always make sense or it's not always intuitive. And that's why it's important to have a proper tax and legal advice from the proper teams when you're implementing strategies, especially when they're as complex as a drop and swap. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right, let's move to ideas for next year. If you have ideas for next year, please throw it into the chat right now. I already see Craig, uh, you said start at 9 a.m. Eastern. So that's actually my very first list here, or my very first item is to actually start at 10 a.m. Eastern for all of our West Coast folks. And if you agree with that, throw it in the chat. Uh, we're, we're actually, we are monitoring this right now. So we do want to get some suggestions live here for anybody that attended and has some, some helpful thoughts. But yeah, we, we, <laughs> I don't think that we really realized that, um, that 8 a.m. Eastern was going to be 5 p.m. Eastern or 5 a.m. Eastern out in California. Obviously, we know that, but when we structured the schedule, we, I, don't, I don't think it actually hit us until yesterday morning. So we apologize to all of our West Coasters, and we will definitely figure that out for next year to make it a little easier on you. <laughs> next, next year, we're going to plan with the end in mind. Uh, one of my key takeaways was to uh, organize the schedule to cover the foundational sessions first and the more complex stuff later. I uh, came to my realization today that uh, we had some of the, the more complex stuff uh, in the beginning, and that just happened to be the way the scheduling worked out. It was just the first time to the rodeo, uh, one of those things that you learn through experience. And uh, 
definitely be making a, uh, a strong, uh, strong effort to get that a little bit more organized and be a little more intentional with the scheduling next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it looks like Val. Oh yeah, that, that's a good idea, Val. So Val says slide, make the, make the slides available online. Um, so I'm assuming it's, it's make it available online so you can kind of click through it at the same time. That's a good idea. We should definitely remember that one. And Val says no lunch breaks. Well, Val, unfortunately, <laughs> even, even though it is online, we, we still need to eat. <laughs> you guys, you guys can eat while you watch, but we still need to eat and try to run this thing. And it can be a little hard to, to coordinate, but, uh, but I appreciate that. We, we are almost superhuman. Uh, another idea that I had for next year, yeah, it's kind of a, actually sort of in line with your foundational sessions was having like a one and a half hour session or, or even a two hour session for some of the more complex stuff or, or the stuff that's going to like generate a lot of Q and a, like I know my, my real estate, uh, professional status conversation, we had a ton of Q and a and we ran right up to the, to the end and, and a couple of the sessions were like that too. And so maybe just extending that another 30 minutes on super complex topics or topics that people are really, really interested in um, would be really helpful for, for not only speakers, but also attendees. And that was actually one of mine as well, but also to have five minute breaks in between. And I know, uh, I know uh, one of the viewers here just had, had mentioned no lunch breaks, but uh, someone else had commented in one of the sessions I was in uh, that we should maybe consider five minute breaks in between. And uh that's something we'll have to take into consideration to give everybody a breather chance to, you know, to, to, uh, to take a step away if you need to uh, mm -hmm. and come back. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I also thought that posting the agenda beforehand is probably a good idea mm -hmm. just to, uh, just, just so that, I mean, I know that a lot of you guys were asking what the agenda was and, and there were, we were sort of kind of running it and running up <laughs> against the wire trying to finalize it all, but at least being able to post what we have, I think, at a bare minimum a week beforehand would not only help all of our attendees plan their weekend, but also help anybody else. Like, like we, we did a couple sales pushes this past week. Um, and it, I think it would help kind of demonstrate that value proposition a little bit better if we had that agenda ready to rock and roll and then send it out to the masses too. And then I had one on uh, get Q and A's, uh, get Q and A's in advance. Um, so maybe we, you know, with the agenda, you know, as we put together the agenda and make it available to people next year, we can solicit answer the questions in advance and we could kind of find out what are the most, uh, what are the most frequently asked questions and also maybe give some of those uh, questions to the speakers beforehand. So it can maybe tailor their presentation a little bit uh, to uh, to the questions that people are asking. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I'm really curious to hear what our Facebook live fans uh, think about uh, this particular idea that I just kind of randomly came up with uh, yesterday evening. So my idea here is that the VIP tickets that we sell next year, maybe we only sell like five or 10. Uh, so we like limit it to five or 10 VIP tickets. Maybe that gets you like a live behind the scenes like you actually come here with the team and you watch it all here i don't know if that would be valuable i don't know if that's like something cool that you guys want or, or would be would be something interesting we were just thinking about it like how do you make like a really true vip experience with an online event well you could you could set it up in a way where the vips actually get to come hang out with the team and get to see both sessions and just kind of walk back and forth because we have like two completely separate rooms here uh, for the session. So chat, chat me in Facebook live here. If you think that that's a good idea, or if you think, nah, it's probably not something that you want to do. Um, it was just something that I randomly came up with and I wanted to see what people thought. 
and you know, the last thing I had here on my list was, and we, we tried to do this. It just, we, like I said, we ran up against the wall here. Uh, the Facebook live presentations presented right, right through zoom onto Facebook live. And, uh, we, we tried doing it just to experience some technical difficulties at the last minute, but next year, I think, uh, we might give that another shot, see if we can get them going, you know, you know, to, to have, to be uh, available for, uh, replay almost immediately mm -hmm. so i think uh we'll have to take another look into that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay cool well i think that we will wrap the podcast up with that so thank you everybody for listening to the podcast thanks for listening to today's show if you enjoyed the show please find us on itunes and leave us a review you can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions we are always taking on new clients, and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.